Hello, it is February 26th, 2015. I'm Jay. I'm Jeremy. I'm Alex. And this is the Feature Creep Podcast. Someone say the subtitle thing. I don't know it. Subtitle thing? Yeah, what are we? Like, what the heck are, is this even about? We, we talk about... <laughs> talk, I like uh, that one. What the heck is this even about? It's just, that's it. <laughs> That's it, yeah. What the heck is this even about? Feature Creep. This episode, we talk about the progress on our game over the last month, getting ready for games, I should say games, because we're all making different games, getting ready for PAX East, and things like Moxie Soda or something that I've never tasted before. <laughs> what else did we talk about? <laughs> we talk in detail about soda. Yeah. Yeah, we so. did. Wow. It's becoming a very food beverage related show. This is good. We should just like figure out keep pick a food, food to, to talk, talk about. about. We need a food segment each time. It's gonna be it's gonna be a thing. Yeah, so uh, do you want me to talk about my game, I guess, huh? Yeah, what's up yeah, with your game? What's been happening? What's yeah, what, what's what's going on? With dinosaurd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we uh oh I just had a little expo in Boston. It was the uh Playcrafting Boston Winter Expo. Um 50 developers were there and I luckily got a spot and uh got to show a little bit of my game Dinosaur uh to the public finally. I've been working in a cave it seems like for a long long time like just really showing my friends just little snippets of what I was doing. Finally was able to show this to people to like actual people that I didn't know firsthand strangers. It was great. And, uh, yeah, I made a little arcade cabinet, uh, while I was working, uh, in my last job doing like, uh, crating and things. I got scrap wood from that job and, uh, decided I'd piece together an arcade cabinet from the uh, wood that was going to get thrown out. So uh, I brought this to the show, and people could play my game on this arcade cabinet. And uh, what ended up happening, one thing that happened during the show that ended up being slightly terrifying is uh, a lot of kids seemed to really love the game. And there was a uh, child who decided to play my game uh, on this cabinet. And uh, the parents were there, and they were cool. Uh, but they uh, kind of just took a glance away at something real quick, and the kid almost pulled the arcade cabinet onto himself. Oh, my God. I almost killed a young child with my video game. Oh, man. <laughs> luckily, luckily, I gra- like I could see that it was teetering. It was like, oh, crap. So I grabbed it. And uh, the parents Whoa. were the parents were fine. The kid the kid was a little bit. I don't know what what the word for it. He's definitely a little bit uh, afraid, a little traumatized, but uh, he like ran over to the corner and kind of just hung out by himself for a little bit. But, (laughs) but he got over it. But I'm just like thinking of like myself 
being in like a newspaper like behind bars and it's like game developer kills young child in this video game oh no but it's like uh, a whole new manifestation of violent video games <laughs> yeah like actual actual like, <laughs> these video games video actually games. attack children <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey man any press is good press right right <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I could live with that kind of press. I'd feel really horrible. Um, no, but... that's a good catch. Seriously, that's. I'm glad you. I'm glad you saved that child from your video game. Yeah, you could have yeah, spun was... that as I saved a child, but instead yes, you're like yeah, my game positive. almost killed a kid. That's a okay. positive thought. There we go. I'll make myself out to be this like incredible, like life saving person. That, that that works. That that works out better. Um, but, uh, yeah, the feedback was great. Everybody seemed to like it. Um, at least from what I could tell, you know, um, the, the cabinet kind of served a cool dual purpose. I had, uh, so I had this joystick set up through a PCB board that was connected to my computer and there was a lap, there was a, uh, a monitor that was set up to the little cabinet. So I could watch people playing the game on my laptop while they were playing the game on the arcade cabinet. So I wasn't like creepily kind of hovering over them to see what they were doing. I could just kind of be sitting behind the cabinet watching what they were doing playing. It was kind of cool. Um, And uh, yeah, it was nice to have a level editor in the game too because there were some moments that we weren't expecting there to be like some weird like... uh, there was an issue with uh, the main character running a little bit slower at this part where there was like a parallax effect with the background. And since there's a level editor in the game, I could just go in, take out some of the background, and then people could play it and it was fast again. So we're working on fixing some like tiny things that are going on with the game, but uh, it's up on dinosaurgame.com now. Oh, cool. So, uh, so you can actually download it and play it. The beta? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's super, super early. So the, I think the most negative comment I got from somebody was, he like mumbled under his breath as he saw the game. He's like, oh, this looks like a Mario clone and then left. <laughs> and then, and then I like, I heard it and I was like, right now he's right. <laughs> like that is actually kind of what the game is now, but there's like, yeah, but every time you, you get had, an item, even if you had the depth to it he would probably still see that there are visible pixels and leave mm. knowing that kind of response i don't know yeah you're probably right he probably you know it just wasn't his thing so you know i don't blame him whatever that's cool i do but uh no. <laughs> what a jerk <laughs> that no. guy not liking everything i do come on <sighs> but um how do you not like dinosaur it's a little choppy yeah, I mean, I I mean, it's a little hard not to be biased since I'm making the game. Yeah. Well, that's I cool. got to test play it. It was awesome. Yeah, you dug it too? I it's it, there's a weirdness because like Thomas was taking care of all that stuff. So like I know that certain people were playing, but I don't know who and some people had names that like you know, like I was talking to the guy who's making the game Cloudface in a game called uh, Dad Beats Dad. <laughs> our oh, dad oh, beats dads the, the artist uh, siskvard or yeah or, yeah mm, his art is so cool yeah, isn't it it looks he's really so neat. good and 
he said he tested it, and I remember seeing like the different names of the people that were testing the game, and I saw Corey, and I was like, I wasn't sure if it was Corey, Corey, like him, or if it was another Corey. I didn't know who was testing it, so like he was like, oh, that was me. And like, All right, awesome. But uh, he seemed to dig it. He had everybody has like certain feelings about it, which is good because it means they actually somewhat care. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, my feeling was that. It was slightly hard. Just the basic jumping was a little too hard for like, you know, being if that's going to be an early stage, like yeah. I was I was dying in pits too much. And I'm get, I think you told me that was a pretty common like. Response oh, yeah, or something. <laughs> I, I almost I almost felt sad for people, moments, which is a really odd response to have. I'm like watching people like die on the very first jump. <laughs> And I'm like, oh man, I, that I'm enrages really sorry. me more than anything. But it it really it it's unjustified to be because when I watch people play my game, I I'm always like, click the thing, click that thing. You're right there. <laughs> click it. You're right there. You can do it. You can solve this puzzle. But yeah, <laughs> if I was watching, if I made that kind of game and I was watching people, I'd be like, God, don't you don't you understand my game? Oh. But I know you get. We were talking about this, but you get good at your own game, and you can't tell anything about it after you've been making it for a while so yeah well there were there was that like there are two different types of players for the game it was like either the people that were really conscious that didn't want to die so they would like walk up to the ledge and then like jump off not but not get any momentum and then they'd fall in the pit where like if you're at full momentum and then you jump then you'll actually make it over the pit so like there's a certain amount of, uh, I guess, finesse that needs to be in there where someone that's cautious isn't just going to be instantly dead when they try to jump over. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, it, it, as hard as it was for me to get used to jumping over pits, it did feel super duper like rewarding when I actually was able to pull off a run of the whole level and just like jump, 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 <laughs> hop on a guy's head. And then I'm at the end. It it feels really good. So I feel like you nailed that. Okay. Yeah, it was a little hard to begin with, but yeah, it's yeah. it's so, so like I guess for the purposes of the podcast, what have you added in like the last month or you know done in the last month to the game? Oh, I mean the whole game. Like I was I was working with Thomas and like well before. He was even really on board. I had worked with a previous programmer, and he had made a lot of little chunks of ideas for the game. And I'd always ask him, like, we need to pull this together. And he just never, you know, we would talk, and it never really happened. Um, But I came to him with an idea for what I wanted to do for a level editor whenever I first was talking to him. And I was like, all right, like, there's an issue trying to make these levels. Like, I need a level editor to be able to do this stuff. I'll make all the art. And I set up like a prototype level editor to show him what I wanted. And he instantly grabbed it and went with it and did all sorts of cool stuff and yeah. made this crazy level editor for it. And um, so that was the month, like this month of us working, like it was from scratch. And I mean, the art wasn't, there's was a ton of art that had previously been made, but like all the code it was Thomas in a month. So what so, I played was mostly just like one month of programming and implementation and stuff yeah that was just one month that's cool especially because that level editor is really robust like yeah i think so too it's you can do a lot of cool stuff in it i was surprised it 
I'm not, not surprised because I know he's really good at what he does, but it was like, wow, okay, cool. Like, yeah, it's on. <laughs> you can get this thing done. I'm so. excited. What's your next? What are you going to be doing in the next month, do you think? Well, um, right now, the cool thing is with the way the level editor is set up, um, a lot of ideas that I have for the remaining levels, a lot of it just needs to have art swapped in ways. There are different actions uh, that the different solid objects that Choppy jumps on will have, like different effects, like they'll be slippery or... Um, I don't want to give away too much of right, yeah. non-destructible um, things like that. So, um, so a lot of that stuff's kind of figured out. But um, in previous builds of the game, there were uh, items that Chompy could use that really affect how he moves around. And uh, I think that's what I would like to focus on next uh, for the next month is like making sure every item that uh, Chompy has works really smoothly and. Uh, it does what it's supposed to do. Cool. So, yeah. But maybe bosses too. Who knows? There's so much to work on. <laughs> but it's turning out well. I'm really, me and Thomas have the same sense of humor, and uh, which was important whenever I was looking around for somebody to help. It was like time zone humor, but you know, important. It's obviously very important that he knew what he was doing with uh, the program I was using for the game. Humor is really important. I have to say it. The people that I know that we work with that share a sense of humor, we just jive much better. Like the work that we do together seems to really fit. Like no problems. Right. The third, that one. Yeah. And the time zone thing. Oh my. Well, you know what? I'll get to that with Dropsy. (laughs) (laughs) Time zones remind me of that. Anyway, I guess are you got got more to say about dinosaurs? Or? Uh, I mean, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Um, well, there was something that kind of happened that was funny today. It's not too long to talk about, but uh, my my mom is a vocational teacher, and it's funny that we were talking. So we were talking about college and, and school before. Uh, my mom teaches uh, graphic design at a vocational school where I grew up. Okay, and. Uh, her plan was to get get the kids to be able to test the game at school. Oh man! So it was gonna be like seventy kids, like throughout the day, like testing this game to like look for bugs and stuff, which is hilarious. And uh, and I guess my file is like a standalone EXE file, and it like on all the computers, you know, it has that like screen that comes up that's like, if you open this file, it's going to kill you and all your friends, like that kind of like horrible scary thing that it'll tell you like it's a virus everybody's dead so uh i had to change the file so that people wouldn't get that creep that creepy uh sign i guess like that default windows running this may harm your computer thing or whatever right oh crap so did they end up playing it no, they couldn't. They couldn't play it because everybody was afraid that my computer had some sort of like Trojan horse uh, thing on it, would like devastate the school or something. That so, is like uh, my dream. I want like seventy kids to play my game. That's so cool. You do? I can make your dreams come true, Jay. We can. We can make this happen. Yeah. Just let me know. That's. It also sounds like a weird like child labor 
thing. <laughs> but they're going to have fun. Play a game for free. It's a game, you know, whatever. Well, what's what's funny is, like, my mom's been working at the school for however long, and the class keeps growing. And I was joking with her. I was like, if you have all the kids playing games, like, by the time the end of the school year's over, you're going to need, like, three new teachers to, like, come on and take on all the kids that are going to come into the program. Right. Like, oh, we get to play games. This is great. So... But that was it. That's all I had to say. I was going to devastate the entire school with my uh, Trojan horse virus on my computer game. So That's really cool. <laughs> Lovely. Good job. <laughs> it's what I do. Well, you know, last time we did talk extensively about how evil school is. So Yeah, we did. Oh, <laughs> well, college. Yeah. But I'd be fighting still. back, right? I'd be right. taking the school out. You know what I did on my last day of high school? I'm not proud of it. Okay, so I had to stay back at my senior year of high school, and then I dropped out on my second year of senior year. But before I left, I queued up 100 goatsies on the printer at the library. (laughs) (laughs) I was an idiot, okay? I was like, (laughs) this was was 10 years ago. That's horrible. You're a bad person. I know. It was, I'm not proud of it. A lot. <laughs> I'm. I only think it. It's funny that that old me was such a jerk. <laughs> but yeah. And the old ladies at the computer lab were not agile enough. I don't think, to <laughs> stop it quickly. So they probably had like a bunch of goatsies in the center. Anyway, sorry. But I was no, just thinking about great. about doing bad things to school computers and. As long as we're on this topic. Yeah. <laughs> Alex, you ever can... do any bad things to school computers? Or... I I was deprived of this because I was actually homeschooled. But oh. I know Calvin has regaled me with lovely tales of his youth and I think college computer labs. Like he he, he rigged it as far as I know, obviously. Let's not talk about that. I'm sorry. That's confidential information. Coming to talk. Yes. <laughs> this will be a topic for another day when he gets his. Uh, we can distort his voice or something so that they don't know who it was. Or to... Drop it really low, right? Yeah. <laughs> Impressions of indie devs. Right. <laughs> Just a silhouette. That'll be the image for that. For that. That month's podcast. So we put a big wiener picture <laughs> on all of the desktops. Anyway, okay, that's stupid. So, how is the Upsilon Circuit game? Upsilon Circuit, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Upsilon okay, circuit. I keep wanting to say <laughs> Epsilon, and I am like, wait a minute, which one is it? But yeah, Upsilon. Okay, cool. <laughs> it's cool. Uh, we mispronounce it on purpose. It's actually supposed to be pronounced Upsilon. But knowing most English speakers, they would type it out with O-O-P-S. That's smart. <laughs> yeah. So we're like, Upsilon, because it's spelled up. Right. So we're like doing Greek a disservice, but whatever. If I heard Upsilon, <laughs> that would be the first thing I would do. And I would imagine it's like a wacky cartoon like <laughs> game. Right. Upsilon circuit. Oops. Oops. You guys, Oops again. Are, you guys are like Led Zeppelin, right? Sure. <laughs> Sorry. The, well, the band, the band Led Zeppelin, they they changed the spelling of their name, so it's L L E D Zeppelin, right? 
Because if they had it actually, like, you know, it, people would say Leeds Zeppelin. Oh, yeah. So, like, they purposely misspelled their name so people wouldn't be like, we're going to see Leeds Zeppelin tonight, right? So, sorry, that's another. I'm, I'm a rock trivia nerd. I apologize. <laughs> the English language is dumb. That's Most yeah. languages are dumb. That's really, that's all we're saying here. Things with Upslots are going to really good, actually. Um, it's been in this weird state where we've been working on a lot of the background stuff. And then suddenly, oh, look, PAX is next week. So <laughs> for, for the last month or so, we've been working on actually having a game, which is interesting, like um, making sure that the networking will actually do what we want it to do. So for, for the last month, Calvin's been working on just um, creating this arena because we decided that... We don't have like a full world yet for people to explore and this arena would be a good contained area for people to explore that they couldn't break hopefully <laughs> mm -hmm. um so he's been doing that and working on adding in some different creatures and behaviors and things like that and then our our friend uh dave who's the other programmer has been making a tablet app for people who are watching so that we'll actually have this um, viewer interaction that we're so excited about. Um, we actually have it so that yeah. you can buy monsters and they get sent into the game. So this fight. can but actually happen right now. This is, well, it's a tiny bit broken still. So maybe not at this exact moment, but by next week, it definitely will. Oh man. Oh, cool. I wonder how many by next week, definitely features are happening in PAX games right now because I know some of them are happening to me as well. Oh yeah. That's I think it's <laughs> it's something that every dev actively tries to avoid, but then by the end of it, there's just no avoiding it. Yeah, it it hap it I <laughs> I guess it's, everyone overestimates what that you know they Or you run into with. problems. Things are it's game development is not something that is just this is going to take X amount of time and actually happen. Right. It just doesn't. You run into an issue, something happens. And in small teams, real life takes over too. You know, oh, yeah. sometimes you have to do something and you can't be working. Yeah. It's tricky. It's tricky stuff. But we're, <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited to actually have something that's really resembles the game that we want this to be. This right. is the first time that we're actually going to be having the game in a form that plays the way we're advertising that it will play. Oh, man. So, are you guys going to have people play it? Or are you guys going to be playing it and showing people? Like, how are you going to present this? Because it's such a unique thing. We have, we have, we have, like, we sat down and, because you have to design your booth. That's, that's, it's one of the fun things you get to do. It's kind mm -hmm. of like the Sims for game devs when you're showing it packs to design your booth. So, we are basically tearing down our desks, which are actually technically they're like storage shelves for workshops. I don't know, but they're these oh. like big black things and we're tearing them down and we're going to be putting them at the back of the booth with these big TVs. And those are going to be the, the two players and anybody who wants to can play, but we're just totally sticking to the whole one death and that's it. So after they play, they get their hands stamped. 
and they're not allowed to come back and play as a Oh, that's a fighter. smart. Were you guys like <laughs> were you guys bouncing other ideas about how to keep it only, you know, one play like uh, the only other way to do it is to really either like make them put in an email address and hope they don't lie, which is dumb. Yeah. <laughs> or to just memorize everybody's faces, which isn't going to happen. And, That's I smart. Mean, yeah. The stamp, the ink, you could probably scrub it off. So, you know, maybe if you have a three day pass and come in Friday, you could get an extra play in here and there if we don't recognize you. But it's not. It's not about actually forcing people to only play once since it's not the final game. It's more about giving people the idea and the impression. Yeah, what it's about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's kind of interesting how you don't actually have to show your game. You just have to show the concept of it in these kinds of situations. Right. Oh, man. You're going to have, like, some guy who comes back with, like, a fake mustache. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and like gloves on and stuff. Sorry, I have to. They're medical gloves. Somebody actually tweeted us saying, like they they had just found out about Upsilon Circuit and they're coming to PAX and they tweeted us saying almost exactly that. They're like, <laughs> "Man, I'm going to have to bring some good mustaches with me or something like that." So, <laughs> so you are not the first. Which probably means we're going to have to just keep a wary eye out for anybody in mustaches. <laughs> yeah, that's. Hey, you're wearing a mustache. You should have a hot... Oh, what? I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, before they play, you have to, like, have someone shave the mustache off. (laughs) Excuse me, sir. (laughs) Could you please tug on your mustache for me? (laughs) Is it, like... Is the framing, like, a sort of dystopian Hunger Games-style game? Is that what happens in the game itself? Like, a dystopian situation thing? Uh, the world itself, we've been kind of keeping a little bit secret. Okay. We haven't really been describing it too much. Um, the the one piece of it that, that I do always feel comfortable saying is that it takes place after Manhattan disappears in the 80s. Okay, cool. That so sounds that's neat. Kind of, that's, that's the reality that this is in. If it's um, in keeping with the theme, you guys should have, like, these police at your booth who, like, check every single person with a scanner. Yeah. That would be right in the budget. Just hire a bunch of uh, police with a high-tech scanner. <laughs> yeah, that's totally in our budget. <laughs> Just, yeah. <laughs> Maybe if we lie to them about one of us being royalty from some foreign country. Right. And we need some sort of special protection. No, I don't, I don't, I don't. We could probably, I could get, like, our brothers to come and, like, shine flashlights on people in fancy hats but i don't i don't don't listen to my idea impersonate police that's an entirely Uh, like bad idea (laughs) anyway but um like i'm curious like what's your gameplay like the actual gameplay like is it like diablo top down like what kind of gameplay Uh, let's let's see how to describe upsilon circuit the best um so the actual well, the game is split into the two parts. There's the people watching, the audience, right? And right. and then there's the people who are playing, which are the contestants. It's kind of how we divide them since actually as an audience member, you do get to play as well. Yeah. Because there is, um, there is this kind of um, the running man, Hunger Games kind of interaction happening between the people watching and the people playing. Um, 
but as a player, the world that you're in is, it's like a, it's a fixed camera, 3D, um, not quite isometric, but kind of like above the character. Right. At a little bit of an angle. Um, and the, oh, I don't know exactly what to say the, the combat is like. Um, we wanted to, hold on, let me ask He's half listening. He's working. He's assembling stuff. But how would you describe the combat? Is there a game that it's similar to? No. no. Yeah. Oh, it's an action RPG. It's, it's an action RPG. RPG. Yeah. It's a, it's a hack and slash action RPG. Okay. Well, that oh, gives we, me an idea. Cool. <laughs> we wanted the combat to be more complex than just having like a swing and a shoot. Um, so what's going to happen, which is not in place yet, uh, is there's going to be combo counters. So like you successfully hit things enough times and this combo counter will go up kind of like in fighting games. Hmm. And the combo counter itself will actually automatically trigger special moves that you unlock through your skill tree. That is cool. And the, the, the double cool thing, the part about that that I really like is that the skill tree is something that the player doesn't get to touch at all. That's all handled by the people watching. The audience decides their skill tree. <laughs> That's neat. Uh, oh, man. You know what? I like the implications that, like, as people play this, like, they could, you could get big groups together on, like, community websites or whatever and then compile knowledge about mm-hmm. the ins and outs of the game and then train up this one guy or you know who is and you just everyone who else who's played it and has documented everything about the game like he he can't actually play it but he can read about it and he can like like this or 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 the people in the community can like read about it and like learn about the combos and learn about everything so that when they do play it they'll kind of know what they're looking for but the actual experience of playing will be entirely new and so it it really is almost like training someone in the military or like or or like where you can do all these simulated combat things or whatever or read about them but once you actually get into it it's like different so it's such a new way of playing a game that i really kind of like how that could happen i don't know i i think that's one of the parts that i'm really excited about too um the idea of the story as well because it's an action rpg at its heart in a lot of ways um and action rpgs what do they have they have some sort of cool story that goes along and follows you as you progress and so what we're doing is we're making it so that the story only unfolds once this is an entirely persistent game um, the way we're doing it is the game is only actually going to be playable and, and like on like a TV show almost for like a couple hours a day. Right. Which makes it, I think a little bit more digestible for people and it's more approachable too. So like if you're out of the loop a little, you can catch up by like watching people's videos or reading someone's blog or, you know, who knows whatever communities are invested in this and how they keep up with the information that's happening. But like the idea of the of the world really just moving on persistently as these people are playing and dying and joining and playing and dying is just cool to me because that means that 
In World of Warcraft, which is a fun game, you go and you complete a quest. And then if you want to, if you get tired of that character or whatever, you can make a new character and you can complete that same quest. There's never actual full completion. And that's something that I think we can do in Upsilon Circuit. Right. It's really neat to me. There will be a single person who <laughs> killed the boss on wherever, you know, like there will be a person who discovered this spot or accomplished this or killed this important other player. Like you can actually become, That's... I don't know. I'm getting too excited. I can talk no, about that. That is hours. really cool. It's like, <laughs> so, so you become part of like the timeline then, huh? Like you are kind of like, a moment in the history of the game. You are the you... dude. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh my I... gosh. It's exciting. If we can pull it off, it'll be, it'll be really cool. I, I think at least, I don't know. I, I, huh. I think it sounds awesome. I, I'm sure I'm going to ask a question because I'm completely like naive about it. <laughs> <laughs> so like hearing, hearing uh hearing you guys talk about it and i watched it a little bit last night on twitch uh i saw the awesome animation of the uh goblin with the uh with the bomb that has the sparks coming out of it the art art looks incredible looks super fun um but i the one thing i was really curious about was um so being that you only have the opportunity to be able to play the game kind of once um is there I'm wondering with the learning curve or getting into it, like I, for some reason, my mind is like wrapped around design things where I'm mm. sure you guys, because you've been in the middle of it for however long, I've already have it completely figured out. But my brain's like, wait, like what if there's monsters left over from the last person that died and this person just jumped in and they don't know how to play it? Like mm. are the monsters that are in there from the people that bought monsters to go to fight the other guy still there? And are they going to like pummel the new guy who has no idea how to play? Like I'm like <laughs> trying to like wrap my mind around like it's, that side of it. It's, it's a tricky thing until you realize a few things about the nature of the game itself. Okay. Uh, well, the first is yeah, we're totally aware of the fact that that would just suck. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I got my one chance to play. <laughs> <laughs> Like, like that would just be crushing. It would just right. suck so hard that we have to make sure that there's, you know, you get a chance. You have to get a chance. Um, right. Even if the game is basically just trying to kill you all the time. Um, but one of the things that we are definitely doing is we're making the controls pretty simple and sort of self-explainable for the most part. Um, you know, we're probably going to require that you use a controller um and we've made it like the the skill system that is completely hands-off if you're really bad you'll still be doing these skills while you're playing you just won't be able to use them to the best of their ability you'll be able to maximize their effectiveness and things like that um but I wouldn't be too surprised if it does happen every once in a while where someone comes in and they're just incredibly unlucky and they die. (laughs) And and that is okay. Right. Because the 
truth of the matter is that this game is more about and for the people watching than it is for the people playing. And somebody sitting there and crying for five minutes is going to be entertaining to a good portion of people. Yeah. You know, as long as it doesn't always happen. <laughs> right. I've been waiting for this my whole life. <laughs> I and I died it. in two seconds. But I think, yeah, but right. It's not always going to be. It, that is neat. That's cool because it's not always going to be fair and it shouldn't always be fair. Like there should be moments where like the circumstance is that it's your turn and it's like so hard that like if you get through it, you've got all these people that are like, holy crap, did you just see that? Like he just started. He like pummeled all these monsters or whatever. And he's like the king. Everybody's like, holy cow, how did he pull that off? Or I don't know. Like that that's really cool that it's not, you know, you, you don't you don't want to make it too easy or I know there's something about that that even even if it's like unfairly stacked against the player, like sorry, that those are the breaks. You know what I mean? I don't know. That's just me as a design person. It's, it's a That's harsh okay. reality. Right. Is, is what that kind of thing is. It's a it's a reminder that we're not just hand holding and saying, Here, you'll make it through the whole thing. Um it's basically yeah, yeah, one we have one server. So there's literally only one access point we're only allowing there to be eight players at a time so it's extremely exclusive like if you get to play you're super lucky just in that fact and then when you die you're dead like if if you don't get it at that point that this is going to not hold your hand (laughs) there's just there's there's nothing we can do for you you're going to be upset when you die and it's going to be hilarious so i have a quick question (laughs) oh yeah yeah because it um you're only going to have it like a couple hours every day um if a could a person feasibly like make it to the end of those hours it would they resume the next day or would another person just take that spot they would take priority um ideally uh ideally the exact same eight players from the day before would start the next day. Okay, cool. Um, okay. And we're going to do our best to make that a reality, but we also have to acknowledge that some people have lives that aren't always smooth. Uh, and I don't want somebody to completely lose their chance to play because their grandmother died or something. Yeah, that's, I guess that's you know. some stuff that's going to need like sorting. But I, I love the idea, even if they didn't get to, because I think the game's definitely going to have to be pretty dang hard just so you don't have the same guy every day for the whole (laughs) i mean maybe there could be a guy that good but you know for the whole duration of the game or the same six guys and then they only leave two slots for everybody else or something well one of the cool things about the system that we have is that the players are at the mercy of the entire internet. And and what does the internet do to normal people? No, yeah, they're jerks. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, they're jerks. So, no, I didn't know how, exactly how much power you were going to give the collect, like the audience, I guess, a lot of it. <laughs> well, we when we looked at this game, when we, when we came up with the idea, it was really exciting. And then we were like, how are we going to make money? And the obvious answer is trolls. 
people will totally pay money to, to make other people's lives miserable. That's um, right. <laughs> where that's not like the entirety of it. But that's yeah, but it's it's in good. Stuff. I mean, it, when you do it in a way that your game is designed to do it in, then I kind of like that because it feels fair, even though it it's being a jerk. You know, we're going to make sure. I, I absolutely 100% dislike the play to have or, or the pay to have fun mechanic. Yeah. yeah. No, it's not free to play. It's pay to have fun. And I don't want that to happen to anybody watching. I want them to have the ability to actually make a little bit of a difference, even if they don't pay any money. But, but the idea that you could potentially put down like, 20 bucks and send something in to harass your friend Steve who got to play that lucky bastard. Yeah. <laughs> or That's good. something like that. You can, and what we can do is we can make that the prices kind of reflect where we want the game to go a little potentially. Mm, right. So things are really easy. Oh, look, it's a sale on all the troll items. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, the oh other- man, I love that, and I like <laughs> that the team that's for the person can can they send things to help them, kind of like yes, exactly. Okay, cool. Um, one of the things that we're gonna do is we're going to actually split the watchers. The audience are going to be split into teams, so it teams kind of mean nothing. But you know, once you're assigned to a team, kind of automatically you're like, yeah, go team, just a little bit even. Right. So that means that they're more likely to give negative things to the other team and positive things to their team. But because there's two teams, it should balance out uh, to some extent, unless, you know, somebody says something really insulting to their, like, favorite character or who knows. I feel like there's a lot of potential, like, I guess what I was saying before in terms of, like, you know, something awful and Reddit and all these websites have their presence in EVE Online or in... Mm. wow and they have their little factions i think there's something to be said for will there be a way if you're in one of those you know off-site communities that form and then they they send their own guys in would there be a way for them to choose a team to be on or or will it just auto assign everyone when you join um i think there's going to be default auto assign to try to balance things and then there would be one team or the other and you can pick because if your friend invites you and you end up on the opposite team, that's no fun. Yeah, that would be... Well, Rad, man, I am so excited. This is seriously one of... such a good experiment. (laughs) It's such a good concept and I'm jealous. It's so cool. (laughs) Don't be jealous. I'm not jealous. I'm just... Like in in my in my head, I'm thinking of like all the different scenarios, like just a bunch of people that were like trolls that wanted to like create monsters. So like to the point where the game would be so like, like obviously you guys are designing it. So you There'll can be lines, like, yeah, yeah. But I, I'm just like I'm thinking of like just this huge room of like a billion monsters, <laughs> and like a per, like one person comes up, they're just devoured. The second person <laughs> comes up, they're devoured. You know, like I'm like going through all the like different. Uh, I guess, scenarios with uh, the design. And I'm sure you guys have too. I'm sure. Uh, I, I feel bad because I feel like I've been dominating this, but I will I will end the what's up with Upsilon circuit portion by, by giving you one of the things that I want to do in the game that I think is going to be really fun. Um, which is... What, Calvin? By horrible. Yeah, fun, by fun I mean horrible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, which is... 
I would really love to create a spot that you cannot get past unless you flick a trigger. But the trigger is in a place that will obviously kill you if you do it. Which means that everybody, all, like progress on the game will be ground to a halt until somebody kills themselves for the good of the other players. Oh my gosh. Oh. I, 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 just I love the possibilities. The I love the possibilities ah. of design because you could also yeah. make some things where, that are entirely dependent on the audience mm -hmm. getting them through a challenge. Um, which yeah. might be crappy if I mean, you could maybe make some of these items less expensive or something, but I could totally see this war of people like pay or paying to like help this person and then other people like crapping it up at the same time. So like maybe I this is just some weird example. This may not even be possible in your game, but maybe there's like an area that needs a bridge over it and some people like pay to have this bridge form over this area. But then these other guys pay for like the... I don't know, freaking all these monsters to bottleneck the bridge. And then <laughs> the other people pay to destroy the bridge again so the monsters fall. And, you know, this it sounds like a really cool mechanic. You can just do, like, a lot of cool stuff with. That's really neat. Yeah, I wouldn't want people to pay real money for that. But I think we're going to have, like, a dual currency thing. Right. Where, like, there's, like, time accrued equals money or something like that, kind of. And I could see that being a really interesting thing to do uh, to leave it kind of up to the teams and see which team is stronger in that moment kind of right that's cool that could be cool that's a neat idea so so jay what have yeah, you been doing awesome. oh oh man um <laughs> been working on dropsy so um if you didn't hear the last episode dropsy is a point and click adventure game with no text in it uh, there is dialogue, but it's like little speech bubble emoticon things. But, um, basically been getting ready for PAX. Um, I got sick, uh, which has slowed me down a little bit, but I'm glad I got sick early instead of getting sick next week when PAX is and then potentially starting the plague or the pox or whatever people call that, uh, PAX pox or whatever. Um, but about two or so weeks ago, we had a meeting with Devolver and our team talking about what we're gonna uh, what we're gonna show there. Um, because we have about fifteen minutes, we'll be on the Twitch stream, so that's a pretty big deal to me. I've never done anything where a lot of people are gonna be watching it, and. Um, we're going to have a, a one or two computer screens, I think, on the Devolver booth. And this will be the first sizable event, like, targeted towards people who would like my kind of game, um, where I'm actually going to see people play it. And so, uh, one of the things I like about my game is that it has a big open world and and that there are a lot of kind of optional puzzles most of the optional puzzles involve you trying to hug people that originally don't want you to because um, the game has this backstory about like five years before it starts. There was a circus fire and everyone in kind of the world thinks you're this horrible monster because some people died in the fire and you look creepy. You're a creepy clown, creepy looking clown, even though you just want to hug everybody. 
And so everyone in the world is real skeptical of you. Like some people run away from you or they're like, get out of my business, you weirdo and all this stuff. So a lot of our optional puzzles like kind of play with that. And they try to they're where you have to get people to kind of accept you or love you or give you you try to get hugs from them. And, and the way you do that is usually by finding out how you can help them and kind of get their trust. So there's like a little girl, for example, in a playground, which is the weirdest thing to have like a weird clown involved in. <laughs> but she's crying and you see like a dead flower in front of her. So, so, you know, there's little puzzles like that where you can figure out how to help her with her sad flower situation whoa dude alliteration anyway <laughs> sad flower situation my new alliteration my new acoustic act anyway oh, no <laughs> no. <laughs> no i'm just kidding but uh yeah and so i was trying to balance like devolver or nigel from devolver was telling us really i think one of the strong things about your game is the character of it and just the spirit of it and you should probably try to get that across instead of like this massive world because i'm really big on the mythos and like the lore and stuff which i've packed into this game but really there are so many areas that we could put in that just don't have any puzzles or very little interaction other than pretty scenery and even though i really want people to see all that stuff it would suck to have someone go off into this area and then not be able to click anything and just wander around. So we're doing something I really didn't want to do, but we're going to barricade the game uh, into three sort of main areas. And there's about 16 scenes total in those areas. So it's a pretty good amount of stuff to explore. And if you combine that with the day and the night cycle, it'll be where, you know, different NPCs show up at in the daytime or at nighttime or or they're in different places i think it'll be good enough for a pax thing i don't think anyone's gonna get through all of our content but so we've been trying to decide what do we keep in here and we've really been filling those three areas uh with content and detail and polishing the puzzles in those areas as if it was kind of a vertical slice or like a a representation of the final game Mm. excuse me um and it's coming along pretty well. Uh, boy, we've got some fun stuff in there. I just did a dropsy twerking animation today. Which burned that. my eyes. Oh. My eyes have been burned. I'm sorry, but it's nice. Like it's a nice little reward when you go in the nightclub area. And, um, oh, <laughs> that's fantastic. Um, oh, wow! And you have to do a little puzzle to get into there, which that's one. I'll just talk about it because it's not it's it's the the puzzle I'm least sure about Um, because in this game, you really have to use environmental clues or clues throughout the game to figure out what you're supposed to do next. And this one, there's a bouncer guy like this huge, big, huge black dude bouncer guy. He's very round and um, he's checking. He's like on his beeper and smoking a cigarette and stuff. And he's just he grunts when you talk to him. He's like, uh like leave me alone you know and then um and if you try to hug him he'll hold out his fist and 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 um 
the goal of the puzzle, and I'm just going to spoil this because it's such a minor puzzle, it doesn't matter, is for Dropsy to fist bump him back. But Dropsy doesn't know what the heck to do when it, with that. He's not a cool guy. He's just a clown, you know. <laughs> so you have to figure out how to uh, fist bump him back, kind of. <laughs> and what I would really like to do... I don't think we're going to get it in by packs is a little mini game where you have your floppy arm and you have to like figure out how to do it. But, I love it. Oh, that's awesome. That's, really, really that's not going to get in there. Like it's too much work to get in by packs. We have too much, too many broken things right now. So we're just going to put like some TVs around and like, we're going to have some other guys fist bump. Like we're going to have another guy go into the club and fist bump as an example and and um or there'll be a tv with a show and a guy's just fist bumping on that but the thing that's bothering me about this is that if you just observe the guy fist bumping the other guy it's like puzzle solved like but you really didn't do anything but observe this other thing so there's no interactivity there you're just i know it's a temporary solution because i want that mini game eventually but it's really bothering me this one puzzle it just doesn't feel you know, tactile, like you're actually doing something because you're just, there's no interface thing that comes up that's like, you've discovered the fist bump or something, you know? So any ideas, you guys? Oh, man. I'll talk to my team about this more, but I was just thinking about this. I'm like, you know, this, and I thought it would be interesting to bring up like a quandary on our podcast. I have no idea what you would want to do to... I guess yeah. uh, figure that out. I'm trying to. I'm trying to come up with something clever that you could do to to solve yeah. that. But if we could put that mini game head. in, I would totally do it. But I just don't think it's going to happen. But yeah. yeah um. But uh, yeah, that's an example of what's been going on. Really, I've just been having fun packing in background detail. Um, I've been doing extra like little audio bits over the last month. We recorded the barks for the characters so it's like ah, or like ah, you know stuff like that uh doing sounds is so much fun it's really <laughs> favorite fun i have to get over not having professional sounding sound effects but i think it's going to be part of the charm like i'm good at production but you can totally tell some of this stuff is some pasty nerd guy in his bedroom like you know what i mean like <laughs> you can tell some of it and I, I think, again, like, that can be an asset because my game already has that feeling a little bit to it, like a homemade feeling, I guess. But, yeah, uh, yeah I don't know. Maybe eventually I'll get someone on for sound effects. But it has been fun, like, <laughs> doing that. Um, I don't know. What else is going on? Um, uh we haven't even like really tested it yet other than the couple puzzles we had last year. Um, so I'm a little nervous about that. Um, but hopefully by this weekend, we'll be able to do a little bit of testing. Jeremy, you want to test it a little bit? Yeah, definitely. I'll send it to both of you guys, but, um, yeah. Uh, I think by this weekend, we're going to have, other than pretty stuff and all animations functioning correctly, functionally, it's gonna be what will be at PAX. So maybe this weekend I'll send that to some people and get some feedback. 
But yeah, I'm really excited because this will be my first, um, like I said, event of this magnitude. I've been to some local Orlando things. I went to Fantastic Arcade in Austin, which was really neat and had a lot of people that I recognized. But <laughs> that were those were like the only people that came. I did like no one actually who liked games just came for the games. It was all like these indie game developers like Blambeer and Tim Schafer came there and all these other people, but no actual game fans were there. So it was a weird inversion of like the normal thing, I guess. Oh, okay. And I was real, really shy. So I didn't really talk to many people, but, uh, regrets. Um, (laughs) but yeah, so this will be my first, like, high density thing and i'm the advice everyone's telling me is cough drops and get used to hearing a roar of sounds at all Mm -hmm. times yeah don't expect any of the sound that you have put into your game to be heard (laughs) pretty (laughs) much devolver is providing me with their best headphones that they have but I'm just not expecting much. And that sucks because I'm so proud of the sound. Like the the music that Chris Schlarb did for the soundtrack is so nice. And it's going to kill me to have people not hear that. Headphones will help a lot, actually, especially if they're good headphones. Um, I'm hoping so. It's the worst when you don't have a system that you can use headphones on. Um, Ours is going to be trouble, but it'll be okay. We'll survive. Um, Yeah. Man, you are going to have so much fun at PAX. And then, and then like the three days are going to be over and then you're going to sleep for a solid day afterwards and you won't be able to talk because your voice will be gone. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. But you will feel so good in like, in your soul. That'll be cool. I can't wait. I can't wait. Also, did you guys want to record... Because Jeremy lives near PAX, even though I don't, you're not going to it, right? To oh PAX. yeah, well yeah, I, I can't, I can't uh, pull that off. I won't be going to PAX. But I mean, yeah, I was, I was talking about coming to meet you, uh, to maybe just hang out, have a beer, maybe afterwards. That'd be fun. I'll have a soda because I'm not oh. one of those drinkers. Uh, <laughs> you're no, not I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, in that case, in that case, I'll do something that I'm sure. Alex, do you do you know about Moxie by chance, Alex? Oh, I love Moxie. Oh, you love Moxie? Oh my gosh! What is that? Oh, I don't care if you drink a beer, golly. No, no, no I'm saying Moxie. Moxie is like it is well, the king I, of sodas. Right. I, I won't give you a history lesson about Moxie, but it is it came out at the same time as Coke. It's like one of the oldest like uh, soda beverages i guess in the country and it's awesome it's like super super really? strong is it yeah. unlike unlike it is anything soda, it is a soda experience oh wow. it is it's the soda it like the logo stayed really old looking and like oh what was it like there's like this guy that's like pointing at you and it says moxie and it's like oh, really really like i've seen this i just didn't know what it was from i thought it was liquor that's no, cool. <laughs> no, it's like an incredibly strong cola. Like you have Bad. it, you're like, man, it's, well, it's like it, it's packs a punch. It's all good. kinds of new experiences for me. It, 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 I, I had never seen it in New York when I lived in New York for most of my life, um, and only discovered it 
from driving either back and forth to Vermont for a while when we were doing the whole treehouse thing or when we moved here. Um, but it wasn't very long ago. It is such a cool beverage. I have basically forced my entire family to try it. Like I brought it with like, it's, it's so cool. It has like multiple phases of flavor. Wow. Is that, a, am I doing it justice? This sounds You're, like some that, connoisseur. That it's very stuff. true. Wow. It is. It is connoisseur stuff. It's like, there's actually, I didn't know if there, there's a moxie days that happens in Maine. There's like a moxie festival for people that like moxie. Wow. I, I want to go. I haven't I'm been excited. to it. But like, yeah. Is it just, there, can you just get it in like Coke can machines or is this only it? You can only get it at special places. It's at yeah, the supermarket right down the street from me. Oh, cool. It's okay. pretty normal, at least in New Hampshire. Well, not yeah. in Florida. So. It, I, you know what? I like Ting. Have you guys had that? It's just... Beverage of the Ting. astronauts. Ting is this uh, Jamaican, I think, uh, grapefruit soda, but it's... um. And the ingredients are like literally just like grapefruit, sugar, water or something. But it must be the amount of each they put in or something. But it tastes really good to me. I love it. Wait, Is it so... like really bitter? No, not at all. And see, that's what I hate about normal grapefruit soda at the store. But it just tastes sweet and tasty. And I don't even like grapefruits. So I don't know. <laughs> How about this? You bring up some ting and I'll buy you a moxie. <laughs> I might not be able to find Ting. It's real hard to find right now. Is it? Okay. Yeah, I have an empty bottle of it. I can bring that. But... <laughs> and I can fill it with some crappy grapefruit soda. Or See, that's what I... Yeah, I wouldn't know the difference. You you, could just... You'd just be like, mm, wow, yeah, wow. <laughs> wow, Jay, this is really awesome. Thanks for this Ting stuff that you gave me. Feature Creep.